Well, welcome back, everybody, to episode two of the Bricks Cast. I am with my co-host Aaron. How are you, man? I'm good, doing good. It's been a been a short week, but it's been a fun week. It's been a long week for me, man. Oh my god. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I'm tired right now. Today, I, I I was literally a few minutes ago. I was working on the Lego Rivendell set. I'm in the midst of putting that set together, and I love the set, but it's a it, you know it's a long build. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. You know, it's taking time. But it what, definitely what, looks what like a fun one too. Um, I mean, this last week I've kind of just done not 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 too much Lego related. I finished up my uh flags. That's uh basically finished. Now I just gotta buy the pieces. So okay, all right. This is very off topic. We're we're a Lego podcast, but you know what I was doing yesterday? What were you doing? I was helping my dad install yet another Tesla charger. So little little fun fact is for anybody who cares about cars, which is probably not a lot of you, but Tesla notably made big uh, international news a couple of weeks ago that they dropped all their car prices uh, by like 20%. That's like thousands, like tens of thousands of dollars um, off the off the new car purchase. And so my brother and dad in the same wow. week bought Tesla's um, and, and with Tesla's, they're electric vehicles. You need an electric char or you need a charger. If you have a house, you need a charger to, to make it more practical. And so I've been installing chargers for like the last two weeks and yet, yet another was installed. Uh, me and my dad were working on that and then, you know, it's like an all day affair. You have to wire right. stuff going into the you know panel box and then you gotta, you know, you gotta make sure it's safe. So you gotta use this aluminum conduit and put wire. It's, it's crazy. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time, just like Lego. Um, right. But you know, stuff like that, you know, it, it, it just pops up randomly. Randomly in my life, I love to help out my family. They they help out with things when I need it too. So you know, it goes both ways. Uh, same with my friends, Aaron. If you ever need my help, I'm here. Actually, for you, I, I could use help right now. My my room needs some painting, so I'm gonna hop on a flight. <laughs> yeah, I'll, no? I'll fly to Germany right now. We'll we'll paint your room together, bro. I, I figured it's it'll pretty. Be, it'll be a lot of fun. Are you gonna get a Tesla too? Or no. Yeah. So I I thought about it. So right now I'm I'm rocking a Toyota 4Runner. I've had that for three and a half years. And I love it to death because one, you can fit a lot of Lego in it. And two, it fits my golden retriever dog very well. And if I have friends, if I'm traveling, it's just awesome. If you're into off-roading vehicles like I am, it's just so much fun. Um, and the Tesla is really practical and it's nice. Yeah, I'm talking more about like the Model Y. It's a nice car, but it would be is like a SUV size one? downgrade. Yeah, that's that's the like crossover SUV. And so it'd actually be less space than what my Forerunner has. So. If I ever got a Tesla, I'd probably get a Cybertruck only because I, you know, I, it looks, it kind of looks like a Lego brick, you know, it's, it's, it's just like, it's like Legos literally. Wasn't like, the Cybertruck supposed bricks. to come out like a year ago? Yeah. I, I think it's just gotten delayed. It's supposed to apparently start like people will li literally get them later this year, I think is, is last I heard from, from Mr. Elon Musk. I follow I him on buying Twitter. Twitter just, like, pretty has made him. Uh, less reliable in commitments in Carter terms, but that's just, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we can, we opinion. can talk about this all day, but yeah, you know, could you see a Lego YouTuber driving a Cybertruck? Does that make sense to you? A Lego YouTuber? I mean, a YouTuber for sure. I I know that plenty yeah. of YouTubers order those, but a Lego oh, yeah, YouTuber? Yeah. I mean, I think the Lego YouTuber car is classically a Ford Mustang, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you see what you did there. Um, I, I disagree. I think the Forerunner is a better vehicle. But that, that's I mean, again. Uh, a I, I for personally, day. I drive a Kia Soul, so really, my taste in cars is reprehensible at best and and disgusting at worst. So, a... I mean, I drive where I'm given. If it gets me to point A to point B, I'm fine. Would I like a Tesla? Sure, but I mean, the cost, even the newer cost, is still kind of it's expensive, obviously. But no, yeah, they're, they're that, super expensive. Yeah, they really are. I mean, they're, they're the price of like you know high end top trim regular gas cars and I, I think electric cars are great but I don't know maybe wait for the infrastructure we build that then I'd be interested in like 10 years something like that as of right well, now you know part of the reason why I would consider the Tesla especially now is uh, literally like two months ago the US government introduced new tax incentives so you get $7,500 back in taxes uh, which for me running my own business is a lot of money like I definitely get all that 7500 and recoup it um, so you know, even if the vehicle's like fifty thousand dollars, which is a lot of money, uh, when you subtract that seven thousand, then you're at forty three, and I think that's around the average U.S. car it's a good price discount. now. You know, yeah, I don't think I'm... yeah, it really is. So I mean, and the Cybertruck would be eligible too for for that discount because this is that seven thousand that the U.S. government put down. It's I think it, it it's an incentive program that lasts until. I think I saw 2033, like literally 10 years. So it's not going away anytime soon. So that definitely helps with like the cost per, uh, you know, of, of, of upfront buying the, the vehicle. Of course, you save money on gas, which is nice. Uh, but right now, gas isn't that bad. Like filling up my Forerunner is only like $45. Speak which, for America you know. alone. In, in Europe, gas prices, I mean, for an American standard, as an American who mainly lived in Texas, where gas is like very cheap. My, uh, the, the prices here in Germany are very much shell shocking. Uh, I think it's like, you know, six bucks a gallon type stuff on a regular yeah, price. Yeah. That's because they have the higher taxes and it's just, it's a whole reasoning as to why there is a large higher price, uh, gas here. But I think that the incentives for an electric car are definitely there and I, I'm definitely interested in getting one, but maybe not a Tesla. Yeah, one one day solid bricks over here will be rocking an electric vehicle. One day, I don't I don't know when that day will be. Right now, I'm I'm very happy with my Toyota 4Runner, and I'm gonna keep it for a long time, maybe a couple yeah. of years. Maybe I'll consider the Cybertruck. We'll see. One day, put a lot of Lego in the in the back bed. You know, make my little Lego pool, or you could put an ATV. Yeah, I know there is an electric ATV and come with the Cybertruck. I'm yeah. excited to see once that vehicle finally comes. I'll be excited to see. It's only been what, gonna, four it's years. Gonna, it's going to take the world by storm. It's, it's you know, a lot of people think it's ugly. My girlfriend thinks it's ugly. Um, and she, does, she doesn't want me to buy it. And I'm just like, no, I mean, it reflects me. I build with bricks. It looks like a couple Lego bricks together. So. Anyhow, we should probably get on to actual Lego topics. Uh, sure. First up is the uh, the BTS Lego set. It actually just got announced this morning as when we're recording this, um, like the official reveal. I saw it a couple days through the Ambassador Network. I saw some early images and not going to lie, the actual, like coming from the Lego builder perspective, the set looks meh, uh, in my opinion. Like They're in and, 90s, and, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it's almost too simple for my personal taste. You know, And I watched the Dynamite music video, which is what it's based on. That music video has 1.6 billion views. Not million, billion. Uh, which is, you know, you get a YouTube video with billions of views. I mean, whew, man, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a big video. Um, and I was watching the video. The, the set reflects it very well. Uh, reflects the music video like it's actually pretty accurate the 
the figures look like the cast member, or not the cast members, the musicians uh, of the boy band, right? That's what I, I BTS think, is. Yeah, it's, is it's a, a boy, boy band. band, a Korean boy band. Yeah, and they, have, so... they have a fan base called the BTS Army, which oh my God. I mean, this and... is fully out of my realm. I have no uh, knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I've heard like a couple of their songs, obviously, like became popular in the U.S., but nothing uh, personally attached to the set. Yeah, and I'm the, I'm the same way. I, I I never listened to a BTS song, never even heard it on the radio up until when I watched the music video a couple of days ago just to understand what the set was. And I, I thought, so I, I love the people at Brickset.com and I was looking at Brickset. They had a, um you know, they had the reveal on their website that and they have, and with every Lego reveal, they have a little poll at the bottom of the page and I love clicking that poll. Their followers on Brickset are like hardcore AFLs. And so I wanted to see what like the hardcore Lego community had to say about the BTS right. set. And based off on the, based on the poll, I think it was like the most like downvoted basically set I've ever seen AFOLs reflect to. They're like, this doesn't interest me at all. It's like eighty five percent was like, I'm never gonna get this. Um, and I thought I that was that very reflects, funny. And, I think it reflects the demographics of Lego fans as a whole pretty well, though. I, I mean, I'd say with relative uh, certainty that eighty five percent of Lego fans are probably. A, uh, over 18 year old or not 18 year old men I'd say 85% is men and the 50% are women about I guess I mean it's not necessarily relevant but I feel like the brick set poll itself was of course going to be overwhelmingly negative towards the set yeah you know, and uh, that that makes a lot of sense like again I, I as a Lego fan had never heard of BTS I don't I don't want to go out there and say that I reflect every single person in the Lego community absolutely don't but from what I can tell a lot of people don't it's it's definitely like a uh, what what's what's the generation before millennials? You're I guess you're in it. You're you're younger than the me. one I'm, after I'm or right, the one before, but but the the the, the, yeah. the one after yeah. So yeah, yeah so ninety six ninety six to twenty ten is Gen Z. Yeah, Gen Z. So I, I think a lot of Gen Zers. I I feel so old even just saying this right now. But boomer. I'm like right. I literally my, my I was born ninety seven, and so. I, I kind of feel like I get to choose am I a Gen Z or am I a millennial? I feel like like half the time I feel like I'm one or the other, especially because I'm a YouTuber. Um, it's it's you it's exhibit a lot of me. millennial traits, is what I will say. Thank you. That's not uh, a compliment. But I, I but I, I, I okay all right fair <laughs> enough. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, so I, I try to come with come with a different perspective, but. I, yeah, I know I, that I think it's definitely um, a, I think it's a Gen Z thing is what I'm trying to say is with with BTS, right? I know that the BTS Army, uh, which feels weird to say, but I, I, that's how it's addressed. They're very good at buying things, from my understanding. And I saw some comments on on the uh, Lego reveal on Instagram of like yeah. people who I'm assuming are BTS fans defending, you know, that it will sell very well because I mean I guess they they, they clearly have millions and millions of fans. I mean they can do. Concerts in the U.S. They have huge popularity in the U.S. and their songs aren't usually in English, which is like it's impressive enough that they can sell like that. Plus, I'm guessing they're well, extremely popular in Korea too. Well, let me give some context. So, I think they haven't done too many like brand collaborations, BTS and their I guess their label. Um, and the last time they did it was with McDonald's. Uh, I don't <laughs> know some merch or something with McDonald's. Something it was like a, that. a bag. You got a bag and then a oh. special meal that was like. I don't know, one of their members' meals or something like that. Is, well, I, don't know, I don't remember. Apparently, McDonald's did not make enough. It, like, overwhelmingly was, like, the demand was unbelievable. And so McDonald's, like, it was just a terrible situation. McDonald's had, like, apologized, and, like, everybody was very upset. 
there was scalping on eBay for this McDonald's, like I, this bag, I guess. And so now a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people today come out and theorize that people are going to go and scalp this BTS set, not because Lego fans are going to buy them, like you just said, this BTS army exists and they literally buy all of the merch, it sounds like. They just got empty or they, they just got deep pockets apparently and they're just going to buy this stuff. And so while it's funny to look at the brick set, uh, you know, voting poll and see that no Lego fan, no like hardcore Lego fans interested in this set, there is a massive appeal to the fans of BTS and it is a massive fandom. And so because of this, you know, Lego, nobody ever knows how much Lego produces of a set, especially like that first wave. We never, I have heard numbers of like in the hundreds of thousands of in a lifetime of a Lego set, which is like one to two years. But who knows what that first wave is? Maybe it's only like 10,000 units uh, worldwide. And if that's the case, you know, I could see this set selling out day one. It comes out March 1st, 2023. It's $100, 750 pieces. And, you know. I don't know. Like I, I said, about that. Did, yeah. I mean, I, I could go all day about it. It, it. To me, look, my personal opinion, it's it's a bad value. Again, the, the reason why you're going to buy this is because you're just, you're just a fan of the, the band. The, you're a fan of BTS and you want them in Lego. I could see like a few Lego fans out there who love BTS as well. And, and it's, you know, just best of both worlds. That makes a lot of sense. But majority of who's going to be buying this Lego set are BTS fans, not Lego fans from what I can, from, from the least the reactions that I've seen today. Um, and, and with that demand from the BTS army, you know, these are going to most, I, I really can't predict if this is going to sell out like immediately within minutes after it launches on Lego.com or whether it's going to take a couple days or, Maybe it never does sell out. Maybe we're all just kind of just speculating a little too much about this. What do you think? So my hypothesis is is a similar, and I, let me say, I think that if it does get scalped, I will be very surprised because since like tw- mid-2020, Lego has seemingly not had too many production issues and has not had a, you know, Home Alone set or a, you know, clone pack or 501st Battle Pack situation where you know, the first day it comes out, it's gone everywhere, and then it doesn't come out for, like, months. They haven't had those production issues because I feel like they've probably figured out their supply chain. But I think that this set's going to parallel the Seinfeld and the Queer Eye uh, set routine, which both sets were not inherently bad and are great targets towards the audience. And I think that comparing Queer Eye and Seinfeld to the BTS fan base is not fair at all because I'm willing to put money on the fact that the BTS fan base is significantly larger. But I think that if this set doesn't sell out, it's going to be one of the two. It's not going to be in the middle, right? Like, I don't think it's going to be, like, a good seller. I think it's either going to be horrible or it's going to be gone for, like, the first few months and you won't see it and then it'll come out again. But I, I really... I haven't seen too many new sets get scalped on release, at least for the most part. I, I don't think that there's really any chance of that happening. I'm guessing there's going to be enough online for everybody and Legos... Are they doing pre-orders for this one? They're not doing pre-orders, which I thought was probably a mistake given that, the fan yeah, base of the like BTS that's... army um and and i i really agree with you aaron i i'm leaning on the side that's going to be out of stock for months and it might even be like a year before you see it on shelves because scalpers will take advantage of this they'll buy upsets when when like a restocks they'll buy it up for you know into the summer this year if assuming this is as popular as we think it could be um and you know it, it just kind of sucks because like i said i don't think it's that good of a set that like you know, scalping is worthy of this set. I mean, not to say that I support scalping or anything, but like usually, about to say, scalping reflects. What set is worthy? 
<laughs> the UCS Millennium Falcon. Do you remember? Do you remember that launch? Everybody remembers. Oh I feel like that gosh, launch. I do remember UCS that launch. Falcon. That was that's, that was ridiculous. That was, uh, that was a momentous thing. Oh it's my a god! 2017 was, memory right there. Oh yeah. Oh. I didn't even. I remember being on the phone with customer service for hours. Standing in front of a Lego store crying because I did. No, I wasn't actually crying, but I was like oh. deeply emotionally impacted that I didn't get my Falcon that day. That I didn't realize like literally hundreds of people would show up at that store like seven hours prior to opening. Like I got there like 30 minutes before opening thinking there would be like a line of 10 people. And there was Smart. a line of like, it, the line literally it got to exiting the mall. And I was just like, are you kidding me right now? And well, I don't think that's going to happen with the BTS I doubt BTS Army fans would go to the Lego store. Maybe they will. I don't know. I'd see it just selling out online, and then maybe like it selling out in the first couple of days. What do you think? Do you think do you think BTS Army fans are going to go out to find out their local Lego store and line up day one and from on, on March first for the set? I mean, I think that think, in man? America there's a possibility of that, but I feel like overall I don't really see it as a. Po- I mean, you're know, buying stuff online is so easy. You know, how, how do yeah. I, go in store, wait, carry it through a half empty mall because all the stores closed. You know, like order online, have the postman bring it four days later, right? Like it's not a huge deal. I feel like it won't be the UCS Falcon or Fire First Battle Pack or Clone Pack levels of of selling. I, you know, I could we could both be wrong. We could be horribly wrong and really mis uh, underestimating the yeah. uh buying power and buying desire of this group of music fans. But I feel like from a Lego, I mean, I don't see too many people who are unknown of the Lego brand buying the set as their first set, unless they are like a BTS super fan who's buying it strictly for the purpose that it is BTS, so you, you know they have an obligation or whatever it is. But yeah, I'm not too, not too sure. It's going to be either amazing or horrible, and there's no middle ground. Yeah, and you know, I I personally have some FOMO with this set where uh you know, FOMO stands for fear of missing out. And I think a lot of people might have this once they see it like out of stock after the first day. If again, we're we're all assuming here that this is gonna sell out immediately. Um and so I I'm gonna have some FOMO. So I'm personally gonna go out and just buy like one copy. Yeah, I'm gonna I've already put a reminder February twenty eighth, ten PM. Get ready on Lego.com, just buy the set, and just you know be done. I might not even build it. I might just keep it just so I have it if it becomes such a rarity item. Um, just because I didn't, I didn't get a review copy. A lot of my friends in the Ambassador Network did get it. Like it's so weird with sending review copies. A lot of people think that everybody gets, you know, everybody gets a review copy of whatever they want, and it's not as simple as that in the review program for the Ambassador Network, where you know you tell Lego, I'm interested in these things. And it's never a guarantee. Uh, so technically, I, I couldn't get Lego Star Wars sets. They, they, they've never guaranteed Lego Star Wars to review to me. They just say, you know, we'll, we'll prioritize that. And, you know, it's never been an issue. I'd be I'd be very upset if I didn't get a Lego Star Wars set to review that, you know, they sent to someone else. And that is kind of like an ongoing thing in the Ambassador Network. Again, a lot of people don't know about this. A lot of people probably don't care about this. But it is something that is... Uh, an ongoing thing in the ambassador network of like, why can't we get like all the, all the sets that we request or that we want. Um, and Lego always says, well, we have a budget and like, we have to divvy from that budget of, and decide what fan bases, what are, uh, what like social channels, you know, needed the most basically. And so solid brick studios will be in very, uh, you know, Lego star Wars focused. you know, I've, I'm, I'm usually in, actually I can say for certain that I, I am in top priority for Lego star Wars, but, 
you know, when it comes to like a BTS set, you know, that's probably, I'm definitely far down that list because it's, it's not something I've really covered. However, it's Lego ideas. And, and what's weird is I just got the ideas A-frame cabin like last month, but now I don't get the ideas, um, uh, the, uh, the uh, BTS set, which is just strange. It's like, I feel like you, the, you, it's you never know. I, I think it's because um, I could be wrong here, but I feel like they're probably looking at your audiences, right? And I feel like your yeah. audience, which I, I would pretty confidently say is a core Star Wars-based audience, the crossover I, I don't see as humongous. You know, I'm guessing there's obviously like, you know, that's not the uh, that's not the exception. It's the rule. Not sorry, I'm not saying everyone doesn't like BTS, but I feel like the crossover is a lot less than maybe with other creators. So it, yeah. it's not a huge thing i guess no, I, I, i'm not butthurt about it um you know i'm sure some uh other lego youtubers or you know so- social media influencers is the name i got i don't know other lego ambassadors that got the set for review i'm sure they'll they'll be very happy with it and and based off the bts reaction uh fun fact about the bts launch the the teaser image lego put out a couple of days ago is the most viewed twitter post legos ever posted ever um, I Gosh. think with 11 million views, which is crazy. So that is also what's kind of giving me uh, and others speculation that this will sell out is because of the engagement rates are off the charts, unlike anything else we've seen. Even with Rivendale, the Lord of the Rings set that ju- that just launched or just got announced a couple days ago, it doesn't even match that. Um, and it, it's it's pretty... It's it. We're actually... It's so funny, Aaron. We're seeing two completely opposite ends on the yeah. Lego spectrum of, of two big launches. We're seeing the, the Lego Rivendale, which totally appeals to the hardcore Lego audience that like loves building, loves Lord of the Rings. You know, it's, it's bringing back a fan favorite IP. And so there's so much love within the Lego community. And then on the complete opposite side, we have this BTS set launching where it doesn't appeal to the hardcore fans at all. Mostly, uh, and then you have this yeah. all new community that's just kind of going to gravitate and buy this up and snap it up, and and it's it's so funny that both of these sets are going to launch within about five days of each other. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. I think it's going to be interesting to watch. You know, if either sell out. I mean, obviously, from our, I think for both of us, I can say we think Rivendale will sell out more than the BTS set will. But I mean, the eleven million views, nothing to shake your head at. And, you know, I think that we could see some interesting stuff here. I think it'd be very funny if the BTS set sells out and the Lord of the Rings one doesn't. I I, I think both will sell out. I think both are going to be day one buys for each other's f- fan base. Um, I think they're both going to be sold out, honestly. I, if I had to make I think a you prediction gotta, right now, they're both, yep. they're, they're both going to be completely sold out for months. I think you got to look at it from a, a different perspective also. Like, yes, there's a lot of hype around the Lord of the Rings set, but also... $500 and $100. You know, that that's a large difference. And I think that that will be a playing, I mean, especially where we're in a recession right now. I don't see Lord of the Rings set selling out right away. I could be wrong. Very well am wrong, probably. I know that there's plenty of people who are willing to drop 500 right away, but I also think there's a lot of people who can't drop 500 right away, which is, I mean, that's just, that's um, it's the way it is, I guess. I think the, the price does make a difference too. So I, I yeah. don't think Rivendale will sell out right away, but could be wrong. So, like I said earlier, I am in the middle of building the set right now. Um, I actually got my copy a lot later. Lego forgot to ship it to me, and I had to be like, hey, you know, I, I need the set for the review. Thankfully, the embargo nice. was kind of set out a little further out. But I have far less time to get my review done prior to embargo 
than other Lego YouTubers or other, you know, uh, ambassadors uh, who got the set for review. I saw a lot of people got it like you know, a couple weeks ago. I have not had that. I like I said, I'm building it right now, and so you know, thankfully, you know, I talked about this in, in the last podcast episode. I, I got to see it months ahead, so I have a lot of my thoughts already wrapped up in my head, so it, it works out. But you know, it so far as you know, I can't talk too much because the review hasn't come out yet, but. I am loving this set, man. That's that's basically what I can say. You know, I'm only like halfway yeah. through the build, and like, yeah, my review is going to reflect. Very, my review will reflect very positively to the set. And uh, also talking, you know, you were just talking about how my my YouTube channel is Lego Star Wars fans. I I actually I've been looking at my YouTube analytics and seeing what other like you can. See, there's actually a tab in YouTube analytics that shows you what your subscribers are also watching, like what they're also interested in. It's not just other Lego Star Wars videos. A lot of it's just general Lego, um, like the Eiffel Tower or the Harry Potter train. Like it's it's actually a much, it's it's really, um, I didn't even realize this, but I have a, lot, a much larger, I kind of realize this, but now it's clear to me that there is a much bigger Lego audience that I'm accumulating, which is so awesome to see because you can, you can only like tap into the Lego Star Wars niche audience to, to, to such a degree before, you know, you know, it's only such a big community as it is right now. I mean, it's, it's the biggest of the Lego communities, but you know, it does have its limits. And so it's awesome to see that I'm starting to appeal to a bigger Lego audience who are interested in other themes. And, uh, I think you see that Lego sending me again, like I said earlier, Lego chooses who they send these review copy sets to. And almost always I get some of these bigger Lego sets, like the Eiffel Tower, the Razor Crest, the Hogwarts train, now the Rivendell set, and it's because I, I do, I, I at least think I do a good job uh, covering these sets, you know, doing uh, a fair review and, and giving you my honest opinion about it. And, you know, that that has been a big increase for my channel over the last year is these other big theme sets. Um, you know, I, I hate also, you know, there's a part of me that's like, oh yeah, and you go spend another $500 and I'll, I'll talk about this in my review because, yeah. you know, we've just had so many expensive Lego sets recently. But, you know, so Human. far, it, it's it's too hard. I feel I, I, like there is a part of me that is guilty, like recommending yet another expensive Lego set. But this is this is one of the greats is what I'm thinking right now. And, you know, we can talk about it next episode of the podcast once the review is out there. But so far, I'm just I'm really blown away with it. I mean, I understand that you are excited for the set. And like I said last episode, I, I think that, you know, it's cool, undeniably a cool set, great, great everything, but you know, it's just it's five hundred dollars, man. Like that 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 personally yeah. is just not a fun pill to swallow. You know, I remember back in two thousand and eight, obviously I was seven, so it was different, but like, you know, looking at the ETO two with drop shit at two hundred and fifty dollars was like a tough pill to swallow, two thousand and nine, I'm sorry. But like you know, just the, the, the spiraling and ridiculousness of Lego pricing now, in my opinion at least, is just, I don't know how sustainable it is. That's why I'm saying I don't think Rivendell will sell that quickly. Again, could be wrong, could be the UCS Falcon 2.0, but I think that we're seeing just so many massive sets that are like, you know, well over $200, $300, and it's kind of become ridiculous. And, and honestly, not all of them are great. Most of them are, <laughs> firstly, I mean, obviously the Hulkbuster, the foosball table, two horrific the Black sets. Black, oh my gosh, the Black Panther set. That is just a, that is a steaming pile of black bricks that no one wants. <laughs> and that is, that's all I can say about that. I mean, I, I, I've i never seen the thing built in anyone's yeah. like 
I've never seen pictures of it. Nothing. Because it just is so uninteresting and bland and boring. And the Hulk Buster is just laughable. And I, I mean, what else is there that's horrible lately, the Lego set wise? I think there's I mean And in terms of big expensive sets, uh yeah. I think those are those are definitely the big standouts of last year. Um yeah. we haven't had we haven't had too many like absolutely atrocious sets until those came out. Um but you know, I, I I've talked to Lego and I don't know how much I can say about this, but I know they're they're concerned about, you know, they don't want to overdo it. And I think they've realized that. And, you know, hopefully, I don't think you'll, hopefully we'll see a course correction throughout 2023, but it might not take effect until 2024. If seeing more balanced 18 plus, you know, adult sets that are more reasonably priced under, you know, say $300. I feel like, I feel like in my opinion, anything over $300 is considered ridiculously expensive to the average right. Lego fan. Um, and I'd so, say over 200, honestly. Yeah. Inflation kind of makes that tough though, because I would say 200, I would have said 200 like a year ago, but with inflation, I'm, I'll, I'm willing to like bump that up to 300. So, you know, yeah, know. It, it just it, seems it, kind it, of, it's, it's tough. Maybe it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting place to be in, I guess. And obviously neither of us are ec economists that can like, you know, talk about market trends or whatever, and we don't work for Lego's marketing department or not marketing Lego's, whatever that department is where they decide prices on stuff. But I think that from a fan perspective, and I, I'm a fan who ready, readily and willingly drops thousands of dollars on Lego a year, It for me, it's becoming unsustainable. And I never thought that would be possible. That may sound, you know, stuck up or, or conceited, but like, you know, I... I used to buy all these massive sets that I'd buy UCS sets and they came out I'd buy like the Black Seas Barracuda and stuff you know 200 bucks it's it's expensive but it's justifiable for a cool big Lego set but I just don't see the inherent value in the you know a $600 or $700 $800 set unless I'm getting a ridiculous discount or at that point I wouldn't see it as a $600 set right I, I just don't and I, my opinion might be unique in that sense I, I don't think it is but I feel like it's definitely like I said earlier, I, I just don't think it's sustainable. And I, I don't know how much longer they can keep just, you know, putting out... You know, they, they've, they've scaled back small, affordable sets in a sense that are quality, right? I, I don't see too many, in my opinion at least, I guess in Star Wars specifically, good sets that I can, you know, walk into a Walmart for $50 and be like, I can pick this up and have fun with it tonight. I don't see too many of those sets anymore. You know, there is sets that cost that much, but, you know, are they worth that in the eyes of a consumer? Obviously, you know, higher production costs, higher whatever costs, it becomes, you know, harder for them to make it cheap, but I, I don't see that type of, of translation. You know, what I can buy Lego Star Wars wise with, you know, fifty to hundred dollars now is helmets and dioramas. And like that's it. You and can see kinda... where Lego you can see where Lego's prioritizing things. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I read a, a a text from Jay the other day. You know, he said he misses 2012 to 2019 Lego Star Wars, and I, I cannot relate to that more. You know, mm -hmm. I, thinking back to those years, it's just insane how many under $100, under $50 even, just solid sets we got with good figure selection, decent enough builds, readily available, you know, just overall consistently good Lego sets. And, you know, I, I don't see that translating in the last four years. I, I just don't. And that that's disappointing as a Lego fan because it's, becoming harder to you know look forward to new stuff because there's no more there is still obviously FOMO within Lego and I'm not saying FOMO is part of what makes Lego fun because it's not it's horrible but I think that there's less fear of of losing 
out on something because of how frequently Lego is just coming out of these things, you know, be it expensive sets, re-release, not re-releases, um, reduces sets, or just sets that contain older figures. I'm not too worried about, you know, any Lego figure in the last few years becoming expensive and me having to buy it right now. You know, I, I, I'm pretty confident in saying, you know, with some exceptions, obviously, I can buy any figure released in the last two years for the next two years for about the same price that they are now, which you couldn't do earlier. You know, Thrawn's a great example of that, but I, I just don't think that I, I personally don't like the direction Lego's going, and I think Riverdale is just a perfect yeah. exemplification of that, personally. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and um, you know, to be fair, Lego has only Lego has been putting out expensive sets like the four, five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred dollar sets, you know, for many years now. For you know, I don't know, the last five, six years, but they've becoming they're becoming more frequent in the last just year or two, and I'm now realizing as a reviewer. As a reviewer, I, I'm having to change my frame of mindset about like, okay, now I'm thinking I need to basically prioritize. You know, I get all these big expensive sets, Titanic, Razor Crest, Hogwarts Train, Rivendell, Eiffel Tower, all of these sets. I'm thinking now in my head, I'm like, I, I need to almost create a scale of like, what should the Lego fan prioritize? Like what is truly the best among these? Because not everybody is going to go out and actually the vast majority is not going to go out and spend thousands of dollars on those sets that I just named and then collect them all. Sure, there's definitely some of people out there that that'd be me, but majority nice. is going to want to prioritize and 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 just you know look and be like, what is the best one? You know, and and honestly, a lot of the time it just comes down to and and I I try to emo- uh, hopefully uh, express this in my reviews. It, it should be an emotional connection with the Lego set that you're going to spend that much amount of money. You you should be damn well passionate passionate about lord of the rings to buy that set and or uh, lego star wars or the eiffel tower and for me the eiffel tower is like i that is that is the icon for me like in terms of architecture and so i i i love that set to death and like that's a prioritization for me or the star wars sets but everything else would be like secondary third you know etc etc so i'm realizing there's this scale and you know i can't always bring in my own emotions you know i i will with like star wars especially but I try to give a balanced view and and try to think, okay, you know, this this is an expensive set. You know, I got to be careful about my wording here because I don't want to, you know, <laughs> I don't want people to go out there and spend, you know, $500 on Rivendell only to be disappointed by it. Like, it should meet that expectation of price. It should meet that expectation of your emotional connection. And so I'm thinking about these things more often, especially given that Lego is frequently putting out these more bigger and expensive sets. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. I mean, I don't understand the fact of, like, you know, being a content creator of what you have to do to be, uh, I don't know, watching yourself in that sense. I, I don't I don't relate to that at all, but I relate to the, uh, I don't know, just the having to have that emotional connection to buy something, right? And I, I've come to terms with it a lot lately. I've come to, like, not really streamline what I'm buying, but more so condensing what I'm buying down to, you know, what I really, really want. You know, if I really want something, I'm actually going to get it. And I, I found that it's become a lot better to buy Lego in that way. And, you know, if I, I, I have I have like a tier list almost in my mind of, you know, I know what sets are coming out. This is the ones I want to buy day one. These are the ones I might buy, you know, in a couple weeks if they're on sale. And then these are the ones that I'll buy when they're below 40% off and I find them less than 40% off on sale. And I think that's been a really efficient way to go about buying Lego personally. And I've always found that like, you know, all these over... 
I mean, just over $200 sets, really. Over, these over $200 sets are, are never even on the list. They're just kind of gone. Because personally, it's just not... It's not money I want to spend. And I, I never find these sets to be worth that type of money. Yes, they're worth in the sense of you get that many pieces. But I'm not finding it's worth, like, you know, 500 bucks on this versus 500 bucks on, I don't know, a plane ticket to go somewhere. Because that, that is, like, the difference. And, and that's just... I don't know. It's definitely... Like I said earlier, it's becoming frustrating to be a Lego fan. And I, I don't know if that's a, a me thing or a, you know, Lego fan in general who doesn't have thousands of disposable dollars in income and also, like, thousands of feet of space to store all these ginormous Lego sets as well. Because that's another thing you got to think about. The space issue. I mean, UCS Falcon, Titanic, UCS Star Destroyer, Regius Razorcrest, those four sets, that could fill an entire bedroom. Feasible, like, realistically, if you want to have them nicely spaced out. So I, I don't know where people are storing all these sets, too. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely agree. And, and I don't think you're the only one uh, out there that that is thinking this way. I've seen a lot of comments on Facebook forums, on Instagram. Um, I've seen a lot of people talk about this uh, on open forums. You know, it, it's getting, you know, if you're a hard, if you're into the Lego collection hobby, it, it gets to be too much at some point. Um, and so you... Either A, you have to start making decisions. Am I going to sell some of my old Lego? Am I just going to stop collecting in general? Am I going to only prioritize this these type of certain sets? Or am I going to break apart my set? Like, there's so many options um, where you could go for that. And I, I hope, I hope those, I, I, it makes me really sad to see that, like, there's people out there that it becomes too much that they just want to quit. Like the collecting, yeah. and that that makes me sad. I, I hope I hope there's a lot of people that don't do that, but I do see it. And um, you know, there's always alternatives. Like, it, you know, and I also understand you not wanting to sell something, especially if you're emotionally passionate about that. You know, 2007 Millennium Falcon, the OG UCS one. I still have it. I could have sold that years ago, but you know, I, I kept it. It's still built. It's actually at my dad's house. So that's that's what I've done. Is if I can't figure out a place to store it, I <laughs> I push it over to my family. I've done that very conveniently with all my flower sets. I've managed to remove all those because I, I love the flower sets. I think they're just fantastic sets in general. I I've managed to put them all downstairs, and my mom seems to like them. So that's definitely a nice way to just push the Lego away. I've I've also secretly put a um. Uh, 2019 10 to 4 built in a high shelf that she can't see over so we'll just keep that one there as well and say it's a flower <laughs> and, and trick her but yeah I, I find that <laughs> it's definitely a challenge to go about oh this collection nowadays with the consistency and, and also just the way the hobby is right I feel like it you know YouTube shorts are a great example in my opinion I don't know if anyone here has watched YouTube shorts because I, I sure as heck have not but I've watched a couple, and almost all the ones that are targeted to me, because obviously I'm on YouTube, but kind of watching Lego videos relatively frequently, so that the algorithm knows I like Legos, right? That's a pretty easy guess. I'm finding that, like, you know, what, 40, 50%, not, not a real number, but, like, you know, whatever percent of these reels are just, did you know that this Lego figure is worth $3,800, you know, some stupid number like that, right? I, I just feel that there's so much hyper-focusing on reselling, scalping, and, like, flipping your personal collection which is okay i think it's i think the reselling reselling part of the lego hobby is fantastic i think it's great to be able to buy a product in 2020 and then sell it in 2023 for a profit that that's awesome that the product has that much value in and of itself you know that the, the product contains that value but i also feel like 
it's polluted our hobby in, in some sense because you know now there's like an ingrained fear of missing out which i think we touched on earlier and i think that that's just horrible i mean i think that fomo um is it, just nothing great i, I think that you know it, it's just toxic which I mean, I, I could be alone in this opinion. I know there's plenty of people who love the reselling aspect of Lego, but the value that some of these figures are, are fetching now, especially the old ones, I understand the value. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be this expensive. I'm just saying it's kind of ridiculous how quickly the Lego bubble has inflated, and I can't help but wondering, you know, will it burst, right? But right. I feel like Lego releasing all these sets isn't helping. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> but Lego, you know... They're a business at the end of the day. So if they, they see an opportunity to make money, they're going to try to make it. And, you know, it's we as consumers, you got to vote with your wallet. You got to tell them we're not going to spend five or I'm not going to spend $500 or, you know, $1,000, whatever the set is. You know, you vote with your wallet. You tell Lego, I'm that's just too much. And right now there's enough Lego fans, I guess, out there that are spending this amount of money that they continue to justify making these sets that they're, um, you know, making these bigger pushes towards the adult audience, specifically with the 18 plus sets, the icon sets, more expensive icon sets. Um, so, you know, we'll see in the future, you know, Legos is kind of slow to react sometimes to, you know, what the trends are. It takes them like a year or two before you see their product strategy change uh, for what, what it is currently. So, you know, you know, we just got out of 2022, which had some of the most expensive Lego sets ever released. And so we won't and really some of see the, the worst, f- most expensive Lego sets. <laughs> yeah. And some of the best, some of the best, in my opinion. I love I, that. I, I Tower, would not man. say. I love that Eiffel uh, Tower, Aaron. I don't I know, man. I, I, I look at know. it every day. I, I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm emotionally, okay. I'm emotionally connected to it. But Which means um, you love it. But I mean... I don't know about everyone else. That's just I've seen, kind I've of... seen, uh, I sometimes look at the Lego.com reviews, and I, I always wonder, you know, did I review this set too positively? And I go to check on the Lego.com, I'm like, no, everybody actually does like it. I'm like, okay, all the right, build we're good. Seems we're good. Like, the build seems like I'd want to die at the end of it, personally speaking. So th- this was a topic for later in the podcast, but you just brought up YouTube Shorts. I kind of want to just touch on that. Um, YouTube Shorts is becoming a lot bigger now, uh, specifically because on the creator side, YouTube early this month, just like two weeks ago in February, February 1st specifically, they launched um, monetization uh, ability on YouTube Shorts. And it's the first, you know, ad-supported short platform payment system, if that makes any sense. Basically, I don't want to go all day about this because like lots of people don't care about it. But TikTok and Instagram, they have this pool of money that just gets shared between all creators, whereas... YouTube's method is you're actually getting a split of the actual ads that are being watched between the shorts. And so it's in theory, you should be getting paid a lot more than on Instagram reels or on TikTok. And so because, and I've seen this in the last two weeks, there has been a massive influx on my subscription feed of YouTube shorts from creators that I've been subscribed to over the last couple of years. And I'm sure there's a lot of TikTokers also jumping ship to try YouTube shorts um, you know, I don't know what the trends are, or the numbers are right now. We won't know for another couple of months, but there's definitely an uptick on shorts. It's becoming bigger because of this new monetization that YouTube launched. And I myself made a YouTube short on February 1st, same day that this new money rolled out, because I wanted to see. I've only made one before this, and that was uh, that was actually Jay Starkiller Base. That was my very first YouTube short because I was there. I helped him out for like a couple days. And I made a YouTube short about it and it, it went pretty viral for a short. It got like, you know, 800,000 views. 
But I made it short, Aaron. And on February 1st, it was about like buying a leg, buying a thousand Lego bricks. Is it cheaper to buy it through pick a brick online or is it cheaper to buy a pick a brick at the wall at the store? And it was a minute long short and it has blown up. It is crazy how fast viral videos can happen with shorts. Um, and it's just like TikTok. TikTok can get millions of views in a matter of days. And it's the same right. case that I'm seeing with with YouTube Shorts, and so I'm gonna probably I'm, I'm very careful right now. I don't want to I don't want to influx a bunch of just half made shorts. Like I actually want to give thought to it, um, and, and make it something you know interesting to watch. And I think that's why this the uh, this you know Lego brick thing. You know, people are always interested in how to save money or just like want to know something. So you know those type of videos always do well in the sh- in the in the shorts category. How many so views does it have already? So right now it has eight hundred thousand. So it's already almost oh, wow, bigger yeah. than my last one. And okay, but here's the funny thing is so 800,000 views on YouTube. That sounds like a lot. That sounds like, um, and it truly is a, a lot. It's a viral video or just about, I feel like a million views is equivalent to, well, maybe 10 million views on YouTube nowadays. But to me, you know, a million views is, is pretty viral in my eyes. And so because of that, I, I was expecting, you know, a decent payment out. Put and you know how much you know much eight hundred thousand views for a YouTube short with this new monetization is and we're we're two weeks into February so how much do you think I twenty five dollars? Actually, more than that, fifty dollars. Oh, really? Is how much? Yeah. Oh, 50, which, wow. Oh, yeah. Fifty now, full dollars. Yeah, fifty dollars for eight hundred thousand views, and so that is better than what I could have made on Instagram Reels or TikTok. So I will give them. I will give YouTube that. But obviously, if you're a YouTube creator. Like literally, that's like a tenth of what you can make off. Like if it was a if you got a if you had a regular YouTube video that's like eight minutes plus long and you got eight hundred thousand views, that's about a tenth of of what the longer uh, longer video could have made. Um, and that, also, it's that a tenth fl- of the work. that always that always fluctuates between creators. You know, it might be a fifth or an eighth or a twentieth. It, it all depends on the creator. Depends on their viewership and and watch time there's so many factors to youtube videos but so far i'm seeing that it is probably equivalent to an actual youtube because shorts can only be at most 60 seconds so if you made you know 10 60 second videos of 10 minutes it's probably equivalent to a 10 minute youtube video if said if if you're getting you know on average between 500,000 to a million views on each short you know it can equal out um so my point being here is like time spent on a short, as long as it's like far less than what you would spend on a long-term YouTube video, it could in theory be a sustainable business model. But honestly, I, I see, I see the shorts. I see a lot of TikTokers and reels, uh, content creators switching to YouTube shorts, not because of the shorts making more money. They're really not making that much more money than what they would probably make on TikTok or whatever. I think the appeal is much bigger than that. I think the appeal is that you, when you subscribe, when you see a YouTube short and you hit the subscribe button, you're not just subscribing to that YouTube short. You're subscribing to the YouTube videos that they also make, the longer videos that make a lot more, uh, a lot more revenue for that creator. And so I think that's the bigger appeal is that you can capture a, a much bigger audience because you're appealing, you're, you're getting 800,000 millions of views on YouTube shorts. You're getting people to subscribe. And I'm, I'm already seeing this with other Lego YouTube content creators is that they're using shorts to create an audience that then they can make longer form videos and, and, and grow that as well. Um, and I think, I think that is the bigger picture here. I am speculating 
TikTok could again continue to just dominate. But in the long term, that is my theory is that we'll see more people switching over to YouTube Shorts because they can convert. And this is nothing new. We saw back in the days with Vine, we saw a lot of Viners when when we knew the platform was going away, a lot of major Vine um, influencers, they switched from Vine to YouTube. It's always going back to YouTube because that's the best platform to be a content creator, to actually make a living doing this is through YouTube. And so I think that's, uh, you know, a very interesting, I just wanted to talk about that. I know probably a lot of you out there don't care about this, but I thought it was interesting. And so I think a lot of you are going to see a lot more. I'm, I know I'm going to be making more YouTube shorts, not super frequently, but definitely more than just the two that I've made so far. Uh, not just to, you know, get $50. That is not my goal. I think to grow an audience on YouTube to grow your audience further than, you know, what it, what it currently is, is, is a, it's a great way to do that in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't say I really, uh, related to anything you just said, but I'm sure that I, I understand why it's important. And I think that you should definitely work on growing your audience. I feel like that's definitely a good, um, good yeah, move yeah, in direction I, for your I, channel I know, to go. I, I know I just went on a tangent there, but I, 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 I I, I'm just saying that I think you're going to see this with all with a lot of other Lego YouTubers is you're going to see YouTube shorts a lot more frequently. And I think these the reasons I just explained, I think that's that's why you're going to see that. Right. And I think that we're on the topic of YouTube. Uh, if you want to just quickly talk about uh, the podcast uh, in general and that stuff, want to. Uh, I mean, we never even talked about this at the beginning. So yeah, so we have the BricksCast YouTube channel. That'll be the, the main home for the podcast. Episode one will be launched on SolidBricks Studios, which launched today as well as episode two. They were launching at the same time, but on different channels. Um, do you want to go more into it, Aaron? Uh, yeah, so basically uh, David threw out a poll on his channel asking you know, what we would want to do. The poll voted like majority, I believe it was, to post on the main channel everything, but I think I'll that uh, David decided. I think David decided for you know it's his channel. Obviously, I'm just kind of, I'm here. Uh, but like his channel is obviously his decision in the end, and I think that it's probably the right decision. After I spoke to some more people too, that you know not flooding the inbox of your subscribers with this podcast if they have no interest in it at all, which is definitely understandable. And I think that's why a second channel is a good idea. So uh, we've taken the Solibrick Studios Alt channel, a historic, historic place <laughs> full of. Full of, you know, beautiful David content from nine years ago. You know, really solid stuff. Solid bricks, if you will. Solid stuff there. And we've made that the Bricks Cast channel, which is what our podcast name is going to be. We're still working on our logo. We're still working on, um, and if you guys hear any, like, editing kinks or anything like that, or have, you know, questions about, I don't know, the video that we end up having here, because we're not entirely set on that yet, but we're probably going to just do B-roll. You know, let us know in the comments if you have any suggestions to improve that or improve anything we're doing here. But yeah, we're going to make it on the BrickCast channel. And we're posting the first episode of his main channel just to show his audience that it exists. And I don't think anyone's going to be angry over a single episode. If they are, then sorry. Um, but yeah, so we're going to put on the second channel and just kind of go from there. Maybe we'll even make some shorts of clips from the podcast, you know, get some extra engagement. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that's a great idea. I think we should make some YouTube oh. shorts out of the podcast. Oh wow, you sound real <laughs> excited about that one. I, I I think there's high potential there. You know, I I'm a I'm a YouTuber first, Lego content creator second. I guess I don't know. No, I'm a person. I'm a person first. Um, a person. Yeah, you're a podcaster first now, Aaron. Uh, um, I don't know about that, but 
But um, to, yeah, to go to the <laughs> to go to the poll, I'm looking at it right now. It's 33% said it should be on a dedicated uh, secondary channel. This is out of 6,000 votes, and 67% said to put the podcast on the main channel. But in the comments, I did see a lot of people, like you were just saying, Aaron, being concerned that it, it'd be too much for those who don't care about it and, and all that. So I, th- I think yeah. having the podcast, you, you can literally hit the subscribe button on the podcast channel, and and that you know that shows you want to hear it every week. And I think that makes a lot more sense than. You know, when right. you when you hit the subscribe button on Solid Bricks, more or less you're hitting the button because you like my mock series or the reviews or something else that I did, Lego related. Uh, and that's the reason why you subscribe. Not because you, maybe you want to hear the Lego Bricks cast podcast, but more or less it's probably not. And so that was my, that's one of my biggest concerns. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good way to put it. And I think that overall it's just, I think David also said he we're going to probably try doing a community to post the podcast in it um, when we launch it, which I think that's more than enough. I feel like. Yeah. On destroy not destroying but like changing the continuity of your uploads although relatively infrequent in a sense it, it, it would disturb your main channel I guess and I think that you should focus more on producing more content for your main channel that is targeted at your main channel because I think a lot of people would be really interested in that David oh I see what, yeah. uh, I'm, Aaron if you guys didn't know Aaron well probably nobody knows but Aaron's a very big advocate about getting me to do stuff especially when I'm yes. just like maybe doing a little bit too like cookie cutter stuff. He's like, David, you could do this. And I'm like, you're right. I can do this. And a lot of times, and honestly, then he still even... refuses. No, no, he's, he's been, he's been pushing me and I've been experimenting more with my content lately. Yeah. And you know what guys, uh, official last one in here, solid bricks vlogs is coming back. Yeah. Oh uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to make a comeback we're going to bring Heather back, uh, for the third time. Uh, no, uh, I think that. <laughs> It, it's really an, a necessary step for the channel to take. Solibrick Studio Vlogs coming right back at y'all with those, you know, 35-second videos standing outside somebody's house holding your underwear. That that That's what YouTube's <laughs> all about, right? You know, sub-one-minute videos of you and your friend making loud noises. That That is just... It's peak It's peak YouTube, in, in, in my uh, uh, opinion. If I if I brought back the vlog channel, it needs to be. Re- it's not going to be called Solid Bricks Vlogs. I'm not, it would be something. I'd need to create a new name. Um, I think daily vlogging is dead as a concept, personally. A daily vlogging, yes. Weekly vlogging, I think, is sustainable. It's an idea I've thought about and thought about bringing back for many years. I think the last time I did a vlog was like 2014. Uh, so that's a, it's also almost nine years ago. I think the name what? of the vlog was "I'm Back," which was just a lie. It was a lie. Um, I'm sorry for those of you who thought I was back and making more vlogs, but I decided to actually focus on school and then college and then what a nerd stuff. And then now I'm growing my main channel and it's blown up and it's growing a lot faster than I was thinking that it ever would. And so now I'm dialing in even more on YouTube. And so this is, it's been a, it's been a crazy nine years since, since that I'm back vlog. But that that is that's yeah. a, that's something for another day. I don't want to go on for that. Yeah. There still is some more Lego news. We can probably punch to these pretty quick, Aaron. So the uh, next thing was uh, the Disney Up House was was uh, announced. There's supposed to be a bunch of uh, hundred year Disney celebration Lego sets throughout this year. Hopefully, a lot of people are speculating we'll get some type of like Disney Castle, like big, maybe another five hundred dollars set. Uh, the last oh, Disney Castle was yeah. three fifty. I I hope not. Um, but. They this was affordable. I I don't know what it launches at. Yeah, but it, yeah. I think you know, it's, it, it's up. It's a it's the iconic house with the balloons. It comes with the, the characters you'd expect. 
Uh, it, I'm just excited that it comes with Doug the Golden Retriever. I'm just getting the set just because I want a Golden Retriever figure. I know Lego also makes it like a regular Golden Retriever, but like Doug, it would more reflect my dog River. Um, so I am I am unbelievably excited for that set. Not even for the house. I love the movie Up from Pixar, but I just sad but great movie. Very you know, sad, but a, but it, it's a it's, gut it's, punching it's, one. I, it's up there as one of the best Pixar films. So like finally getting Absolutely. An Up House. And like they're not, they're not like friends minifigures or anything like that. You know, sometimes with the Disney property, especially the Disney princess sets, they're they're using the uh, mini dolls and not the minifigures. And so it's awesome to see like Pixar sets with minifigures. Um, and it's so, such a good price too. I mean, I think it's like fifty bucks. You get you know the main line cast and the house build fifty bucks. I, I don't think anyone's going to complain about that. I think that's a a really fair price. And honestly, you know, bring back to the BTS topic. I think that this set will be sold out. Maybe I don't know. I feel like I feel like again. I still think BTS and Rivendell are going to be sold out sets. The I think the the Up House would sell out within a matter of days, not a not immediately. Um, but the, for me, this is I don't know about you, but this is this is a, absolutely a pickup. I don't know if it's a day one pickup, but I will absolutely get it in the coming. This is months. a on sale thirty five percent off pickup for me. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm um, respectable. I don't know. It's not like high on the list, but it'd be cool to have on the shelf, you know. You know, you know what's a on sale fifty percent offset for me? Not, maybe not even fifty. It would have to be like seventy percent. The Ant Man construction figure that was announced—that's that, a ninety percent off purchase for me, right there, man. That—that <laughs> that is a, that is a pay me to take it out of your store purchase, right? Like that is just—they <laughs> gotta stop. They are just <laughs> spitting on the grave. First of all, they did it first to DC. They spat on the grave of Lego DC, and now they're doing it with Marvel. I'm sorry, it is just. You know, the Hulkbuster, the Black Panther bust, the Wakanda Forever sets. I'm sorry, what type of travesty were those? That weird black <laughs> triangle? Like, horrible, horrible, horrible. The uh, This set now, what are they doing? You know, <laughs> I don't know who is in charge of Lego Marvel and Lego DC, but they are just, uh, I don't know. I, okay, that, so... That, I'm oh. happy the set's brick built. It's not using like bionicle pieces like the Star Wars construction figures from back in the day in like 2015 to 2017. Uh, <laughs> it's a long song. The only construction figures in the Star Wars era that I still have that I thought were some of the best was Commander Cody Episode 3 because it was hilarious that that was the only Episode 3 version of Commander Cody that we ever got. But honestly, I thought the General Grievous construction figure was like amazing and I still have it together and I, it, I think it looks so good. It was like one of the few that I thought was like amazing, like really, Are really good. Are you telling me you did not like the Bayes Malibus construction figure? The, the really? Or the Shirut Umwe? <laughs> or the Ray? Or the Jin Ursa? Nah. Those were day one buys for me back in the day. $25 a piece for those pieces of garbage. Oh. <laughs> those were those were great. I mean, no, all seriousness. No, I, I I don't. Uh, for people who don't know, which I'm guessing is all of you, I I'm a pretty big fan of Bionicle as a concept. Um, not necessarily the community, but that that's not important. But I like Bionicle a lot. The the story, the pieces, you know, the, what it did for Lego, and I, I liked some of the buildable figures. I just never really bought them. I think now the Death Trooper, Boba Fett, Grievous, like you said, I think those all look really good. If they have a helmet on perfect if i have to see that face horrific and there is no middle ground you know yeah yeah oh and my I think god that dude if lego starts doing this with marvel too it's not gonna go well i mean the iron man figure was meh the 40 dollar buildable one this Ant-Man one i'm gonna give it a resounding meh as well because that seems to be the grade for any marvel set in the last year oh it's just 
it's disappointing well, to say the least. The uh, the Guardian, the orange Guardianship, not the new one. They also just announced um, the orange one was really good. The uh, the oh the one Benetra, okay, the no, I will say yeah, that, that was is, that, that was, that really was a good day set. one buy. Yeah. That was a day one buy for me, and I have it on my shelf behind me right now, and it is still. It is a stellar set. I mean, that that's probably the last amazing Marvel set we got. But yeah, I I, I don't know what direction that theme's going in. I, I it, think the it's last just not great. I think the last we did get a great Marvel set in twenty twenty two that was the Sanctum Sanctorum. I, I thought that was an amazing set actually. The figures could have been a little better, but the set itself was I extraordinarily don't know. good. I thought I feel it was like fantastic. They just kind of they phoned it in with the fig. I feel like they really could have gone all out. They could have done like a Rivendale level of like figures, you know. But yeah. they just kind of did it you know and it, yeah it's just the build looks okay but you know i had the option to buy that set at like you know a relatively good discount i still bought other stuff over it because it just wasn't screaming out to me you know and fair that's enough just, it's just not a great set in my opinion i feel like marvel needs, needs a rebranding or needs a redoing of itself you know go back to 2016 where it was like prime yeah no i i, I agree um but we, we again we could we could talk all day about construction figures. But uh, up next, uh, l- there was also some news this week about the next Lego Ideas sets that got accepted for the ten thousand. You know, went through the ten, uh, after it got ten thousand votes, it went through the review process, and so these were the results for early twenty twenty three. The sets gonna probably come out. These sets, there's two of them, will come out in twenty twenty four. That's gonna be Nightmare for Nightmare. Gosh, Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, which is Disney. And then we also have the London telephone box. That's like the red telephone Speaking box. Speaking of overpriced large sets that no one really wants, I feel like that fits in. Personally, as a, a large fan of the city of, of, of traveling to the city of London, because I've been there like 10 times, love London. I probably will get this set just because I like it. But, you know, the price will make a difference. And I think that personally it's going to be another overpriced set no one wants. Yeah, I mean... I really got to see the final products for these two. I mean, I know we have the fan designs, but like it'll really be determined on like what the final set is, what the price is for both of these. I right now I'm still just personally all, all I'm really excited for for Lego ideas that they've announced is the Polaroid camera. And yeah, I'm excited for that one too. I'm kind of interested to see what that train. What do what was the train name? I forget what it was called. It was like an iconic train. It's on, it's like the Emerald Knight, uh, but it's not. Anyhow, the they announced the Horizon train. Express. Yes, I think that's it. Um, it, they announced that la- uh, last year, so it most likely will come at the end of this year. I, th- I think the train and the Polaroid are are still up there as some of the idea sets that I'm really excited for. Night Before Christmas, I think could be really cool, could be really well done. I think we've gotten the minifigures from Nightmare Before Christmas and the collectible Disney minifigures, right? I. I think so, but I really couldn't tell you. I've never I, int- been interested in that. I'm pretty sure we have. So I wonder what they're going to do figure-wise. I wonder if they're just going to use similar concept figures from that from the collectible minifigures. We'll just wait and see. Again, these are about a year or two away. Probably not two years, probably about a year and a half. So we'll see it around this time next year, maybe a little after, maybe more into the spring-summer. Lego Ideas kind of varies in terms of their turnaround time, but it's usually on average about a year plus. So yeah, cool, cool announcements. You know, they're they're good choices. I'm not, you know, again, I really need to see the final products before I can make any judgments. But you know, I'm not upset. I, I saw a lot of people upset about the telephone box, saying like, who could care less about that? It's going to sell terribly unless you're living in the UK. And 
I don't know. I, I, I know how important the telephone box are just not important, but how iconic it is. I think there, there's a lot of people around the world that, that know it and associate it. I feel like it'll it. sell the worst in the UK, honestly. Really? That's oh, interesting. I feel like it, it, it won't, I feel like it's going to be an out of the UK better selling item personally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, um, that kind of wraps up our Lego news. Uh, I think Aaron, you wanted to do, uh, talk about Lego conventions this week and, and well, once we should also talk about there was a convention that we didn't really get to talk to as much in the last episode, which was Atlanta BrickCon. Um, neither of us went, but we're both kind of regretting that we didn't. I mean, yeah, I think you're a lot geographically closer than me. For me, it was like a $800 flight, and I was kind of like, yeah, I'm good. So, But I, I definitely want to go at some point, maybe next year if it works out, or when I move back to the States in two years, I'll probably I'll try going there. But yeah, it definitely seems like a... A popular convention from what our friend Blaine uh, from Blaine's World told us about it, who's in, uh, the owner of Empire Lug as well, or one of the owners of Empire Lug. He said that, you know, it was, you know, Brick brick Fair or Brick World numbers, you know, in the size of a convention, half the size, right? And that that's just insane to me. I think that's awesome that there's a, I guess Atlanta is this large Lego market that they're going to have this convention in every year. Yeah, it seems like a new, a, a big, it, you know, it replaces... That Brick Fair Alabama spot, I uh, wish Brick Fair Alabama was never that. I mean, it had its following down there, but it, it wasn't super popular, like as successful as like Brick World, Brick Con, Brick Fair. Uh, but but Atlanta Brick Co was uh, one of. Uh, wait, isn't is that a name of a business or no? Atlanta Brick Atlanta Brick was a business, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a second, I'm getting these confused. Um, but uh, it was very successful. So when I saw, I had a lot of people saying, a lot of my close friends saying it was like an amazing convention. It just needed a little bit more mocks, but the vendors were pretty good. So I think next year, 2024, yeah, I think it's about supposed to be around the same time, February of 2024. It's supposed to be, I think it's going to be even bigger. It's going to probably have a huge turnout. It's going to have a lot more. I'm now considering going down there. I think it'd be fun. I'm an eight, it's like a seven and a half, eight hour drive to Atlanta from where I am in, in Virginia. How long the flight is? Yeah, so I don't know if I want to... I mean, the flight's really short. It's I think it's like less than two hours, so I could fly down there, but I don't know. I, I might just take the L and drive. Maybe I'll have... I don't know. Maybe Lee wants to come down with me. We can drive. I, I know Lee he went, flew there. He went there. this year, right? Yeah, he went this year. My friend Lee, yeah. you guys know him from Jedi Temple and <laughs> randomly making appearances in my channel. Um He's an awesome friend of mine. He he told me that he was going down there. I was surprised he did, honestly. Um, but he told me it was a great time. And, you know, I, I maybe I'll tell him, like, can you just drive with me and we can make, like, a fun little half-day road trip out of it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've heard great things about it. Um, I know there's some other big LEGO YouTubers. There's TikTok, LEGO uh, TikTokers there. I think some LEGO Master people were there. So, And I think based off the feedback I saw... There's going to be a lot more people coming next year. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I think that it was definitely a, a shocking convention. So I feel like it'll become, you know, I, I feel like there's three mainline conventions in the U.S. every year. You know, there, there's plenty of big ones aside of it. But, like, I think it's, you know, Brick World Chicago, Brick for Virginia. And I think that this will be the third, you know, Brick uh, Atlanta Brick Con. Yeah, Atlanta I, Brick I, Con. I've never been to it, but there's also, there is Brick Con in, in Seattle that's also pretty big. I always thought this was so the far three. away. Yeah, like, I've I've never gone to it, and I don't know, not I don't know why, but not many of my friends go to it. Uh, but I know it still is a big convention. 
Yeah, I think my friend, I think my friend Simon went, but I could be wrong on that. But I, I just don't, I don't know. It's it's far. I mean, it's just I, for me, it's even further. I actually have a bad taste in my mouth about BrickCon. I don't know why, but like, okay, so in my early days of YouTube, you know, I, 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 I was definitely a different person than I am today. I feel like you grow up, you change, you learn. And I don't the biggest amount of my like haters on YouTube, like people just did not like me. And and looking back, probably decent reasons. I, I did some stupid things back in the day when I was starting my YouTube channel in like the early 2010s. Give some examples. Uh, I no no <laughs> clone no? army okay. building in the early days was not my strongest suit, especially by the wording, but. Are, are, are you, are you going to give out instructions for your custom speeder that you made from Clone Battle Packs, or are you not going to give those out? Because anyhow, you know, why anyhow, would you? We're, we're not going to talk about this right now. Uh, but yeah, I have learned yeah. and moved on and won't make the same mistakes I did as a... And, and to be fair, I was literally a young teenager at the time doing... And it was it was all new. It was the, the social media was still a very up-and-coming thing back then. So it was it was all new territory for everybody. Nowadays it's it's much more mature. But anywho, uh, a lot of my haters uh, for some reason were based on uh, would, would I don't know if they're based, but they would just attend BrickCon. So I didn't have a lot of friends, and and, and the people that I did know didn't like me for some reason attended BrickCon. Maybe, maybe wow, I don't think I don't brutal. think that's the case anymore. But that was the case, you know, maybe like eight nine years ago. Uh, and so I've just what never. What did you do to a, piss them that's off? That's a part of the reason why I've kind of stayed away from even thinking about going to the conventions. It's, it's, you got yeah, ops in Atlanta. That's kind you of got left. ops in Seattle. It's what's that? You got ops in Seattle? Is that what you're saying? I think so, but I, you know, thankfully I got a saving grace though, and I've been to Seattle. I actually have been to Seattle, not for BrickCon, but just to travel there. It's an amazing city. I recommend going there. It's it's so fun. Um, a lot of a lot of great things to do, especially if you go to like Olympic National Park. Um. My saving grace is that my friend Will, who owns Brick Arms, he's invited me out there so many times, and I've been dying to go out there and see his like production facility. I use Brick Arms. I'm like, I'm not sponsored by Brick Arms. This podcast, Brickcast. Maybe one day we'll get Will to sponsor uh, Bricks Brickcast. But um, he's invited me many times to come come out and visit him for the day to see his facility. Uh, you know, he has that'd a be, lot of. Like, I mean, I think that'd be great. Yeah, I think it would be so much I fun because he has a lot of. of um, you know, he's got some of the most advanced tooling. Probably not as advanced as what Lego has, but it, it's you know up there uh, for molding and making custom Lego uh, Lego compatible weaponry. And I think it'd just be a lot of fun to just hang out with them. So I, I have been wanting to go back to Seattle, not for BrickCon though, uh, <laughs> but to, <laughs> but to see Will. And uh, I know I I have I'm pretty sure I also have some other people that are uh, from the area that I also would like to visit. And I'm I'm sure people listening. Yeah. If you're if you're from the state of Washington or Seattle, I I want you to know that I love you and I I know that you don't hate me or at least I hope you don't hate me. Nah, every single resident of Washington hates you. Yep, every single one. They're all out to get me for my comments on on Clone Army building for the Clone Army project. That's why they hate you. Yep, yep. That's, absolutely. That's the reason right there. Yeah, absolutely. God, what? Uh, no, that that's a different topic for a different episode. I think. Oh yeah, project. absolutely. But anyhow, back back to conventions. Um, we have Brick Fair Fredericksburg coming up. It'll be the second. It, it's it, it'll be the first time that Brick Fair 
you, Brick Fair has always had other conventions like Brick Fair Alabama. There was Brick Fair New Hampshire, New Jersey. They, they're always switching it up. Um, but this is the first time this year that they're doing a second uh, convention in Virginia. Brick Fair, the Brick Fair, a lot of you know, is in Dulles, which is right next to Washington, D.C. Brick Fair Fredericksburg, which is also in Virginia, it's about, I'd say it's a little over an hour from where that convention is in Dulles. Um, and it's actually much closer to where I'm based out of, which is Richmond, Virginia. Um, and so it's, I think it's a 50 minute drive for me. And so it'll, it'll, it'll be the. It'll be the closest fan Lego convention to me, and so I'm really excited, but I haven't seen that much interest, unfortunately, so it might be a dead convention. We'll see, but I'm going to go there. I'm, I'm to, I think I'm going to try to get Geonosis, um, at least the battle sections. Like, I just finished the um, the barrier wall, um, and I'm working on the flamethrower section next. If I can get that whole mountain section and... I mean, putting the battle together won't be that hard, but I might be able to bring a good portion of the mock to Brick for Fredericksburg. And then hopefully by Brick for Virginia later this year in August, I can bring the entire Genosis mock with the finished droid factory. Um, so I'm thinking I will maybe bring at least a portion of Genosis to Fredericksburg, but we'll, we'll see. Are you, are you going yeah. to meet me there, Aaron? Are you, are you coming to Fredericksburg? And this, this uh, is also is in it? March. It's in March. It's in March. Uh, yeah. March, March 26th, I think. Oh, uh, I'm going to the States in April. So maybe I'll take a time machine. I don't know. You know, no, yeah, sorry. No, I'm oh. sorry. It's just, um, I'm already flying to the States twice this year. So I don't really want to make it a third time a month before I go. So no, that makes sorry. sense. It's okay. I'll see you at Chicago and Virginia. Yeah. yeah. We'll meet up. We'll have, hey, I'm we'll going have... to Brick Rodeo you know, the best Lego convention. I have PTSD from going to <laughs> yep. Brook Radio and helping out Jay. And, you know, I, 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 I love you, Jay. If you're listening, I love you to death, but man, you, you put me through hell and back. No, helping Jay, you, Jay told me when I was at his place. you put that Starkiller base together, man. Oh my God. Jay, Jay told me when we were at his place, uh, Jay and Shane, who are two of our, uh, two of David and I's good mutual friends, told us, told me about how like horrible, that that process was of driving back and forth in the convention center to his house, and you know, building into the night, and also just be delirious, and, and, and then did, you know, even worse, they had to drive back to Virginia, which is just it, ugh. it didn't help that some of the convention, um, I don't know, the volunteers or people who run the the Lego convention at Brick Rodeo, I I, I keenly remember us. You know, we were late. You know, we didn't even get there until Saturday. Most people set up on a Thursday. Um, we didn't even get the, get, get to brick ready. I think it was either Friday night or, or Saturday morning. I'm pretty sure maybe it was Friday night, but it was, it was like, it was much later than the average person sets up their mock, uh, for a Lego convention. And I remember we were showing up. It was me, Shane, Jay. Yeah. I think it was the three of us. We walk in and the first thing that one of these people from brick ready to say is like, Oh, finally. And I was just like. Do you know how much we have spent like 13 hours for the last two days? So like 26 hours of just constantly building Lego and trying to get, and we, we, at this point we still hadn't even finished Starkiller, like got a lot done, but it was still a lot more to do. And I was telling Jay, like, you know, I don't think we're going to get all this done, man. And he was, he was very persistent about finishing his mom. He's like, this is going to be my only chance to finish this. I'm going to do it. And he actually ended up doing like, I think two all nighters. It was crazy. I I couldn't do all nighters. I was like, bro, I, I, I that was before I, I knew Jay. I, I told Jay I was like, I cannot sign up for all nighters. Like, I I I 
what I had thought I was flying out to Texas for to help him with was just to simply bring the mock from point A to point B and, and help him <laughs> set it up at the convention. I oh. did not fly out thinking that I was going to physically be building and helping him finish the mock at his house prior to um, and uh, prior to bringing it to the convention. And then even what we ended up doing is we brought as much as we could, and then the rest had to be built at the convention. And that sometimes happens with at Lego convention. Usually you see collabs. You know, sometimes they build stuff at the convention, but this was on another scale. It was just like, and it was, it, it became too much for me. And, um, you know, maybe one day I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll explain the full story, but that that's the gist of it. But I was just, I just, I will always remember that brick rodeo employee, just, just giving us the nastiest attitude for being late and not understanding that, not understanding that we were literally like blood, sweat and tears putting as much as we can get this thing together for to just to get it to this one convention i just it was it was so it was unprofessional is what it was it's it's funny that you mentioned that because what i was going to say uh before you started was this last year brick radio because i went there with jay in 2022 which it was held in austin and i i kind of live in austin so i was i was there for i was obviously going there and jay brought whatever he had built of his camino mock at this point which i think was just a quarter of one of the domes which you know that's not insane but it's still like it's a massive part of this mock right like it's not tiny by any stretch and it wasn't finished yet and he told the event organizers that explicitly and you know he didn't say anything about this but personally what i noticed was like throughout the entire setup process of the convention first of all brick rodeo kind of screwed us on the star wars display they gave us two tables on either side of a tiny little alleyway the alleyway is like as wide as a chair is the in between the two tables and that's where we put the mocks on the two tables and just a bad setup overall. The, the the quality of build there was definitely not on level with the, any European convention. I'm sorry if I'm sounding like a Euro snob right now, but sorry. They were not comparable at all, personally. But Jay brought whatever he had of his Camino walk, and the amount of times people from people, not even the event organizers, but just people that are attending the convention in general, came up to Jay and was like, you know, in the joking manner, attitude of, oh, are you done yet? Or, oh, you going to finish this one on time this time? And like, you know, it'd be fine if it was one or two people. It was like a multiplicity of people every single day, even when he wasn't at the build. They would come up to him and ask him, like, if we were out in the lobby of the hotel getting a drink or whatever or sitting with our friends, they'd be like, oh, you finished the mock yet? And it's like, it's so that's just dis- rude. It's so disrespectful. I, I can't believe. Yeah. I can't, you know, I, I, I it's just. It, it aggravates me to know and that that the, that there's Lego community member or event organizers that that have this mindset of like it the mock should absolutely be done and be ready day like the first day we open the convention like you know that ideally yeah I, I guess sure it could be yeah that's what most mocks should be like but like the the scale that Jay makes his mocks and I understand this I build mocks somewhat to his scale he he goes above and beyond even further than what I do. And, you know, I understand the amount of work that goes into these things. And I, Jay, you know, he never he never lets people like push him, push his buttons. Um, he just kind of takes it. And I, I, I sit, you know, it, it almost makes me really upset, actually. It, 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 yeah, it does make me really upset that I can't believe people would say that. Um, and so hopefully people listen to the podcast. If you if you ever hear people disrespecting other lego builders simply because they are trying to finish their hard work on their own creation I, ugh, just you know politely if you tell hear anybody them to ever disres- 
if you ever hear anybody disrespecting anybody's build, period, regardless what you think of the quality of that build, which I know is super comparable because not two minutes ago did I just say the quality of the build there was lesser, but, you know, then I, I'm, I should be, you know, told off for that too, but, you know, criticizing anybody's build for any reason at all, I think, unless it's a friend who asks for criticism, of course, but I just think that's none of your business, and, you know, this hobby should be supportive in every possible way, and just the way that they talked to Jay was so... I don't want to say demeaning, but in a sense, it was demeaning, right? And it was just kind of like infuriating to listen to it. And yeah. I, I don't recall right now if we spoke about it. I don't want to speak for him, but I, I can't think that he enjoyed it or even if he noticed it at all. But I know that personally, I, I did not like that at all. And I, yeah. I'm going to be going to Big Rodeo again this year, uh, provided no no one uh, listened to this podcast from Big Rodeo because I don't think I will be going. But I'm trying to go this year, but I'm literally going to be going for the sole purpose that Jay is going. And then it's just another weekend to hang out with Jay. And if he doesn't go, I'm not going to go. Like, that's just that's the way it is at this point. That convention is so ultra mid, it's not even comparable to the other ones. Yeah, and, you know, I know there's a lot. I don't want to. I know there's a lot of great people that do put on the Brick Radio show. And then there's a lot of great builders that attend there. So I don't want to completely dismiss this convention. And just, I unfortunately... Jay and I, and then you too, Aaron, we've all experienced, you know, some, some hiccups is what I would call it. Um, and, uh, <laughs> it seems to be reoccurring every now and again. Yeah. And but I, I don't, don't want to disrespect anybody. This doesn't apply to the entire convention. This doesn't apply to every event organizer at the convention. Just yeah. unfortunately there's some odd ones out. I think that's, that's this, I mean, that's kind of like. I guess it's human nature in that sense, right? There's always going to be, you know, a-holes, whatever you do, you know? Right and it's frustrating. It's good to talk about it, but you shouldn't let that determine your experience. So if you live in Texas and Houston this year specifically and you want to go to a convention, obviously, please go. You know, it's going to be... Any Lego convention is fun, even if there is people that are going to make it less fun. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just the way they talk to Jay, I guess for you too, I guess, uh, yeah. was just, to me, unacceptable and, and just rude and... Yeah, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's it's a Lego convention. Calm down, right? You don't got to be this pretentious about it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, on the complete flip side of that, Aaron, I, I think you <laughs> wanted to talk about how great Lego conventions are and why you should go to the. Right. Um. Funny enough, that that is no. Sorry, that, that I don't know why is it funny enough. I have nowhere to go with that. But yeah, no. So. <laughs> <laughs> about a caveat everything i just said with lego conventions are probably some of the single best interactions i've had in i mean no they are the single best interactions i've had in the community ever you know i i never and i i don't want to say that this will be a universal experience for everybody i i don't think everybody's always had an amazing time at every convention i know that last brick fair i got sick about halfway through and that made it miserable combined with the fact that i was basically the photography model for the entirety of empire lug which that was a joke but also you got a camera on your face for three days, you get kind of annoyed. But conventions are just amazing. I mean, I can't express how great Lego conventions are. If you have the opportunity to go to any convention, regardless of where you're in because I know they're all over the world, just go to it. You know, it's best if you have a friend you can go with. I know that not everybody is lucky enough to unfortunately have Lego friends, but, you know, you can meet people there. It is such a great place to meet people. I cannot, like, I, I met JB, the designer of the BTS set. I met him at Brickworld last year. I've been to Brick Fair the year uh, 2021, and you know, I, I wouldn't say we're like we're best friends, obviously, but 
you know, I, I'd consider us, yep, friends to that sense. And it's just amazing what a Lego convention can do for you as a person. And what it's done for me as a as this individual is just outstanding. I mean, I, I wouldn't know David if it wasn't for Lego conventions. I wouldn't know Jay if it wasn't for Lego conventions. I wouldn't know, I mean, most people I interact with on a daily basis, I really would not know too much if it weren't for Lego conventions. And that's just, it's amazing because it's trans, it's uh, not trans, it's translated from, you know, either online friendships to in-person at convention or convention friendships to online friendship that become a real life friendship. You know, I've gone to Jay's house now for a reason other than Lego convention because, you know, we're just friends now. And it, it, it's super amazing what Lego conventions can do because it's just like a group of people who love the same thing and they love it as much as you love it, which you never think is possible before you go to convention because like, you know, oh, I love the product so much or I, you're a huge Lego fan. I, I guess that was my mindset as a kid. I'm kind of rambling here, but Lego conventions are great. I, I don't want to, uh, discourage anybody what we just said about Frick Rodeo. Uh, that, that was individuals, not the conventions. I mean, they're just overall an amazing experience. I They've changed my life uh, for the greater. I mean, I'm making a, a yearly appointment now that I will fly to the States if I'm, if I'm not living there to go to these conventions. I mean, I, I'm it, it's the highlight of my summer, if not my year. And it's just astounding what they can, what they can provide to you, you know, as an individual. And I, I will say that personally... Because I know who I was when I was uh, under 18 years old, which was annoying, very annoying. I'm very happy. I waited until I was 18. So if you are younger and you have that that nervousness, I guess, about yourself and you, you think it would be good or better to wait till you're 18, I'd recommend to wait till you're 18. Because genuinely speaking, if I had gone to a convention when I was like 12, which is when I was planning to go to Brick Fair for the first time, guaranteed I would be having, I would not have any of the friends I have now. Because they would have just been the epitome of cringe and the epitome of annoying kid at the Lego convention, right? So, it, I, I think that if you want to go to a convention, look up, try finding people you can go with, you join a Discord server, join a chat group. I don't know if those are things anymore, but, you know, try engaging in a meaningful way and, and try if you're a Lego fan, even if you're a small Lego fan, you know, even if you have like two or three sets, try going to a Lego convention. Just try ingraining yourself into this hobby and making it so much better. Conventions are just probably one of the best parts about lego lego hobby lego collecting i guess and just to add on to that uh personally aaron i i, I think 16 is a better age choice than 18 i, I think if you're 16 and older I, I think you're gonna have a really great time even if you are younger i think i think if you're younger i think you'd enjoy the public days um uh younger than 16 Especially if you're if you're really young, if you're like under twelve, I think you're better better off to just going with your parents or your um, guardian to the convention uh, for public days. But you know, if you if you're ready for that next step, I think if you're in like the fifteen, sixteen age range or up, I think going to the convention for the exhibitor days is going to be game changing. Like Aaron said, you're going to meet so many people. I met Aaron at the conventions. Uh, I've met literally almost all of my close Lego friends are through conventions. And Matt, Matt's a great example, uh, the BrickWiz. Uh, I originally, we started talking kind of on his YouTube channel. I remember I would bump into his uh, live streams and we start talking and talking. And it wasn't until later that year that we physically met each other at Brick Fair, really got talking, had lunch, dinner, hung out with all these other friends. That we really like became really close friends. It's the same case with Jay. It's the same case with Lee. It's the same case with you, Aaron. Like once you like either you have that early interaction online and 
and solidify it by seeing them in the, at the convention or vice versa where you meet someone at the convention and then you have this connection that you can uh, continue to keep up with through online you know it becomes this event to go to these conventions and then to see each other especially if you're living you know states countries away it's it really brings the lego community together in a way that you would otherwise never be able to do the closest thing i guess locally you could do is if you have a a lego users group or a lug but if you're in a niche community bionicle or lego star wars or whatever it might be going to these conventions you can find those niche communities and and just make some of the best friends that honestly live on for years and years and i've i've made friends now that have gone decade plus through lego conventions and so like aaron said it is yeah. it is truly an unmatched uh, community experience that you can't really get anywhere else uh, outside of it I, I can't i i will say also i don't want to caveat again for me okay because i know who i was when i was under 18 i'm glad i waited till i was 18 i'm not saying that's a universe i know plenty of i've met plenty of uh 16 year olds from empire lug who are you know mature 17 year olds 16 17 year olds plenty of people exist that are that age and are mature i'm not saying that. i'm saying for myself i was not so that's that's what I meant. But I wasn't. I, I really. I mean, I'd encourage anybody to come if they feel like they're, you know, willing and able to put the effort forth to to do I, that. I guess. I, I think but it's yeah. easy yeah. for 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 my for the younger audience listening. I think the easiest way you can you'll know whether you're ready for Brick Fair Exhibitor Days is if you can get through group work and your at, at school. If you can get through working in a group and being able to talk to one another and like it not being super awkward or something like that. And because usually, you know, group work was with, paired with random people that you're not really associated with. If you're okay with talking yeah. and, and getting through group work in school, I think you're ready for break fair exhibitor days and, and meeting new people and talking. I think that, I think that's the easiest way to know whether you're personally ready or not. I agree. I think that's a good a good threshold, and I think that it's just I don't know. It, it's definitely it's great. Uh, I think that there is obviously with any gathering of hundreds of maybe even thousands of people, you know, there will be drama or there will be issues. <laughs> but I feel yeah. like that just kind of comes with regular friendships too. I'm kind of glad we talked about the brick rodeo situation. Kind of got the bad out of the way, and now we're talking about the yeah. really good side of it. I mean, there'll there'll be and obviously. They'll, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be thorns. They'll be, you know, you, you'll, on, the, on the occasion, you'll step on that brick and it'll hurt. But the right. most Great of the time, analogy, you're the <laughs> thank you. Uh, most of the time, you are just having the time of your life. Excuse me. Yeah. And, and I, what I was trying to say was that there is drama, right? And there will be drama. You can obviously choose to remove yourself from that. But sometimes it's harder if you have a friend who's involved in it or you're involved in it. But I think that even with all the negatives that you could possibly think of in Lego community or Lego conventions as a concept, that the the positives just so heavily outweigh any of the negatives at all. I, I just like I constantly think back to to Scarebeck too. Scarebeck was a convention that David not David went to in Denmark and I, I was going to with a bunch of my uh, local European friends as well. And you know that's that convention alone, like there's so many different things I did over that seven day span that I think about now, what is it? you know, six, five months later, five, six months later, that I still think that it's like, you know, just fond, amazing memories. And the same was for Brickworld and same as for Brick Fair. And I can't express how excited I am for Brick Fair this year, Brick World this year, because I'm doing another road trip with Jay, uh, which could be uh, seen as stressful because it's like 16 hours in, in one day. But, you know, that's just part of the the journey to the convention. And 
the convention I, I just can't express how much I love Lego conventions how much I love the people I've met at Lego conventions yeah and I think that if you're trying to like level up your Lego community experience that sounds kind of weird you should really try go to a convention yeah I, I couldn't I couldn't have said it any better um, and on that note I think this is a great little uh, segue to to our <laughs> ending um, so we'll be back next week for episode 3 here on the Brickscast YouTube channel we'll should be on all the other platforms where you can find a podcast, Apple Music, Spotify. Uh, I think we're going to well, get that done. Not Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, yeah we're, we're trying to, if, it, if it's not already up, it should be up shortly. So you can follow on those platforms. You can subscribe here on the YouTube channel, uh, wherever you get your podcast. You should be able to find Brickscast. So, and let us know, guys. You know, we want some feedback. And Aaron, I didn't even tell you this, but if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, why don't you leave us a comment down in the description and we can maybe answer that in the next podcast. And uh, maybe it's a topic you want us to talk about. Maybe it's just something you have uh, to talk about the topic we were talking about today. Or, you know, it could be whatever. Just leave us a comment. Maybe we'll reply to it next week. It might be a fun little interaction yeah, no, with I think fans. Leaving a comment, regardless if it's positive or negative, will be helpful. I mean, if, if you hate this, please tell us why you hate this. And that will be helpful even if you don't think it is. So, yeah, you know, I think any feedback will be great if you guys want to provide it. We don't know how successful or how reactive David's audience will be, because that is what it is, let's be honest, to this con this form of content. But I'm excited to see if it can go any further. We hope you guys like this uh, double episode drop we did. That was a relatively impromptu idea, but I think it'll be good to, like, give you the sense of... Because I know that this episode, I sounded a lot less awkward than I did last episode, so I hope that it's better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that I don't know. I'm excited to see if this can go and this can progress. Uh, obviously, if it does, I'm here for the ride. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think David is too. And yeah, I mean, just let us know what you think and see y'all next week. See you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. We just wanted to again give our good friend Oscar uh, and our editor now a quick shout out. If you're looking for Lego Star Wars figure pieces, Lego Star Wars figures, just Lego pieces in general, be sure to check out his bricking store. It's Mr. Bricktastic. You can also go to MrBricktastic.com to check out all the amazing stuff he has. You can go through the fast checkout process of BrickLink and uh, yeah, get some great parts from our good friend Oscar. Thanks again for helping us.